Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of the podcast. Uh, today we've got uh, a fantastic guest. It's um, Kenny W. Irish. Now, for those that follow my other show, The Collective Conspiracy Show, you might remember that I did an interview with Kenny as part of the um, the Festival of the Unexplained, the winter edition that we did a few months ago now. I interviewed uh, Chris McKinnell, uh, who, which we put on a show for the Paranormal Paradigm podcast a few episodes back. And as part of the same festival, I also interviewed Kenny. And I, I asked him at the time if he'd be interested in coming on the show. And he said that he would be. Now, Kenny um, is the is an author of a book called American Cryptids in Pursuit of the Elusive Creatures. Uh, he's, so he's a, he's a published author. Um, he's also a, a hardcore punk musician as well. And that's where his nickname comes from. So he's known as the cryptopunkologist, which I think is great, as opposed to the the standard cryptozoologist. I mean, that's a bit boring, really. Why go by that when you can call yourself the cryptopunkologist? And uh, I think it's it, it's a brilliant name, and it certainly makes him stand out from the from the rest of the field as well. Um, so he's going to be coming on to talk about his book, to talk about um, cryptids in general. So not just Bigfoot, but other creatures as well. And um, we're going to delve into his he, the experiences that you know the people that he's spoken to in order to get the experiences and the encounters for his new book. Um, but before we do, um, don't forget we have that competition running at the moment, that raffle for um, a copy of, of my, a signed copy of my new book, Experiences of a Paranormal Investigator. So don't forget, all you have to do is email me at paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com or kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com or you can Facebook me. And um, I've had I've had quite a few people already reach out. And when you do email me, um, if you just put in the subject book um, or something along those lines, uh, I will reply to you with a number, just a random number. And that's your number then. That's essentially your raffle ticket. And then in a few shows time, I will do a, not so live really, because it's a pre-recorded podcast, but I'll do a a live at the time of recording um, random draw. And whoever's number comes out will win a signed copy of the book. So don't don't forget to do that. You've really got nothing to lose. It's just a quick email or a quick Facebook message, and I will give you your number. Of course, I'll keep track of all the numbers as well. But anyway, let's get to the show. It's going to be a really good one. Really like Kenny. I think he's a he's a fantastic character. Really great guy. Um, and he's got a lot of great stories to tell. So here we go. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Kenny to the show. Kenny, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing brilliant. It's Friday as we record this, so it's uh, the start of a long weekend for us. We have bank holiday on Monday, so uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Nice, awesome, awesome. So, it's, so yeah, so it's um, I, I haven't hit my evening yet. It's it was at eight p.m. where you are, right? It uh, yeah, just before now, yeah. So we've just yeah. put the baby to bed, and it's time to relax. Yeah, I'm still I'm still at work. I still got a few <laughs> hours left here, so it's only three p.m. here, so. But it's not a bad job if you can afford to stop working and record a podcast. I agree. I agree. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, so, obviously, thank you for coming on. Uh, we've spoken before. Um, I interviewed you for the Festival of the Unexplained, the Winter Festival. And um, I, I loved your your topics. I loved loved you as a, as a guy. And I thought, you know, I've got to get you back on onto the, the Paranormal Paradigm show. Um, and here you are. So since then, you've released your book, American Cryptids. Um, how is that going? How's it selling? It's it's phenomenal. Way better than I, I even expected it to do. Um, it, it is a it's it's also it's a rebranding. 
a previous publication. Um, I ended up switching uh, publishers and uh, um, so and we made made a lot of changes to the book and just made it made it that much better. And it was released March 9th. And um, as of right now, it's sitting at number three and it's it's genre almost two months later. So it's just doing phenomenal. Um, I'm getting a lot of really good feedback from it. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, from the cover to, you know, the layout, um, the, the formula and format of, you know, how each chapter is laid out from state to state. It's just, again, it's just, it's, it's been phenomenal feedback and I'm blown away at the, uh, support that I've been getting from, um, uh, the community and the, and the public in, in regard to, um, purchasing it and, you know, sending me, you know, messages, uh, through messenger on Facebook and email telling me, you know, all their, their thoughts and how much, you know, they enjoyed it. So, so, um, you know, how, you know, they they immediately go right to their like home state chapter or where they're living and, and look it up. And, um, you know, they kind of feel a connection to it and feel like they're part of it, in which that was part of the plan, too, because I wanted to do something different where, you know, I wasn't just writing a book. I, I wanted to actually feel like I was like a tour guide taking people from state to state talking about the history and, and Native American lore and, and cryptids and, and, and Bigfoot. It, um, so, uh, again, it's done very, very well. And I'm, I'm very pleased and very grateful, you know, to, um, you know, the, the, the people that follow me and the people that have purchased it and the people that purchased it and then started following me. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm beyond grateful. Brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm really, really glad that it's doing well. Um, I, I, I think what sells it as well is, is you as a, as, a, as a character, I guess. You know, you, your passion really does come across in everything that you do for, for, for this field. And I think that's um, that's a really good selling point f- for you. Um, in terms of the, the book itself, you, you mentioned that you've, you wanted to lay out almost like you were a tour guide. So you're, you're taking the reader across America, um, state, state to state. Um, about all the different kind of sightings that are witnessed in those states. When you were doing that, did you have a a particular state in mind that would would stick out to you as being the most popular for sightings? Um, I, I guess yes, yes to a degree. Um, uh, like you know, I really you know, um, Washington State. I you know, in regards to you know, Sasquatch, I, I figured you know would really stick out, and then you know. Some of the different states that you, that you go to, like if you go to like Texas, like, you know, like they talk a lot about like Thunderbirds and um, and then you go into like um, Utah, they they talk about like skinwalkers. And so um, I knew kind of what I was getting into from each state. It was just really fun to be able to, you know you know, go from writing something about a certain, um, a, a certain subject or a certain, certain creature, if you will, and then being going to another state and then just writing about another one and then going to another state and writing about another one. So it, it wasn't like it was all about one, which was also exciting, um, you know, to, to write it because it, it was just, I was entertained while writing it where a lot of the time I'm not, you know, what I'm yeah, writing. Yeah, so yeah. It's more of a struggle, but. Wait, were you surprised though? You know, as you were, were going from state to state and maybe you had a, a particular state that would have been down low on your list in terms of what you would have expected. Were you surprised by a few states and how, how they kind of tot- totted up? Yeah, I was, I was surprised because I expected to find nothing in some states. 
you know, and, you, you know, to, to find that, you know, there was some activity. I mean, I came across cryptids that I'd never even heard of. And, um, it, and I'm like, wow, really? Or ones that I'd completely forgotten about, like, um, the Loveland Frog Man, you know, um, Alligator Man, you know, like, you know, all these, <laughs> these ones that maybe I'd heard of, you know, and to come across it and I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot all about that. Or wow, I never heard of that. Like, you know, I, I'd heard, you know, like somebody say something about like Alligator Man, but there was like a movie and I thought like, that's what they were referring to. So when I came across that in that state, because, you know, th- there's a popular cryptid, it almost in every state and a lot of the time it's it's a sasquatch so i didn't want to just have the popular one in every state be a sasquatch so um i tried to avoid that as much as possible and kind of go a little bit further and, and deeper and yeah came across some some crazy some crazy creatures <laughs> um sinkhole sam is a uh, large snake that um there was like this this man-made lake that they drained down and um so you know some some i believe they were hunters or something were coming through and there was this huge snake that wasn't native to that that state in or maybe even what they were saying you know is native to actually like the united states it was huge and um and it ended up going into a uh, a sinkhole and you know the the theory is that those holes actually go underground and go into other parts of the you know the country and you know so again it was just it was just awesome to read some of this stuff and, and come across it because there's so there's so many um I mean, there's, I mean, I had some guy uh, like about a month ago say, Hey, you know, have you heard about the raccoon man? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, no. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, nope, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard about the raccoon man, but I guess I'm about to now. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's all kinds of crazy, yeah, it, crazy it sounds, stuff. It sounds there. like a really, a really cheap version of the Avengers or something, you know, with like alligator man, raccoon man, like some yeah. really bad superhero movie. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about these, about, what these are i mean you just mentioned about the, the snake there uh, tell us a little bit about uh, raccoon man and alligator man well you, you know it, it, the funny thing is is um uh, i don't know much about raccoon man because the guy <laughs> just kind of brought it up alligator man I, again it wasn't really it was just couple sightings of some some people saw something you know in a swamp or you know near, near the side of the road and uh you know which was looked like a a, a man with with an alligator head um you know it was short-lived you know it wasn't you know wasn't many sightings um so you know some people had had said you know stuff about you know obviously you know they're thinking it was high school kids trying to pull a prank different things like that but the only issue with it is like they haven't actually been able to prove that it somebody was pulling a prank but they can't actually prove that it actually exists either so the fact that they can't find one to balance out the other leaves it open to to legend and imagination so um which again that's kind of what drives me i i I love um i just love legend i love mysteries even even if they're kind of crazy and off the wall you know just just the thought of it and you know i remember just as a young young kid you know the the legend of sleepy hollow just loving that you you know i remember i saw it it was disney you know disney did a, a a cartoon um legend of sleepy hollow and from there, it was like I kind of went from, you know, just, you know, just loving like monsters like King Kong and Godzilla and the Incredible Hulk to wait a minute. You know, there's like those are monsters, but but legends are cool, too. And uh, so I kind of fell fell into that. And uh, so when I rebranded New York, um, which is actually where I live now, I used to live in uh, northern Vermont, but um 
part of what I put in there was actually I talked about the legend of Sleepy Hollow because it it's it's near Kinderhook, New York, uh, Sleepy Hollow. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you talk to people and they're like, oh, it's just a story, you know, just, you know, just, you know, just real cool kind of kind of myth. And, um, you know, but you talk to some people from that area, they tell you it really happened, you know, which. You know, I don't know that there was actually a guy that had no head and, you know, he's, he was had a pumpkin on it. I, I don't know. But I guarantee you this, that every story starts from somewhere and there is some ounce of truth in it. So there's a reason that it exists. So I ended up putting that legend in there because in reality, it's 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 really kind of eerie and creepy to think of, you know, being on a horse going down this road there's nobody i mean there's nobody around and all of a sudden you just hear like another horse coming up behind you and you turn around you see that so you know it, it was awesome you know and you know to add that into the book was you know for for me it was just I, I just i just really was happy about adding that into the book um and uh again i mean and then the other thing too is there's the there's like this stone building in Kinderhook where they say that the party that he was actually at took place. And I've driven by there so many times and just, you know, it's like I've stopped. I've taken pictures of it because, again, what what if you know that there was some truth that there was a party there. But, you know, what was it actually, you know, the part of the legend of Sleepy Hollow? I don't know 100 percent that it is, but, you know, that's what, you know, um, people in the area say. And uh, that's that's how the legend goes. So and do you do you think with um, I'm still kind of stuck on alligator, man. Do you do, you, do you, when <laughs> you'll never when, be able to let go <laughs> that as soon as this ends, I'm, I'm straight off to research alligator, man. Um, when you look at things like Bigfoot, for example, and we, we talk about Bigfoot a lot and it's because there is actually photos and there are videos and, 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 and as evidence in a way to show that it does exist. Uh, do you think that when you have people talk about alligator man and raccoon man, do you think in, in a way that discredits actual, not to say that they don't exist, but it kind of comes across really quite silly at that point and it might discredit actual cryptid sightings. Do you feel like it can do that? It, it definitely, it definitely can. I mean, you know, <sighs> You know, alligator man. I mean, it's 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 very corny. Um, you know, the, the the thought of it is is cool, but yet at the same time, it's it's again, it's kind of corny. Um, so it it can, but you, you know what? I, I think it really comes down to the individual, you know, who who looks into it. Um, you know, because it, it, it's, I guess, the best way for me to say it is. You know, when we kind of hold ourselves kind of accountable, you know, to what we do, you know, in, in, in what we say, um, like for me, I'm the, you know, like certain people will say, you know, you know, well, this group or this makes, you know, what we do look stupid, you know, to people. You know, I, I hear that a lot. And I'm, I'm to a point where I'm responsible for Kenny and I'm only going to allow Kenny to make Kenny look stupid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, can it, can it discredit it in somebody's mind? Sure. Absolutely. Can it, can it make it look corny? Um, absolutely. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's still in newspapers. It's still written. It's still talked about. So, um, you know, to, to be honest with you, you know, you go back 20 years ago, you know, to bring up Sasquatch and Bigfoot, if you will, um, that that was corny, you know, um, but now it's cool. 
now it's cool. Now it's mainstream. You know, you yeah. had you had a lot of these shows, you know, um, like um, American American Monsters, uh, Monster Quest, um, a lot of these ones that, that introduced it to, to, to the public, you know, for f- folks that had never really known anything about it or maybe personally heard of it. Um, and it was just kind of like the perfect intro to the show that that ended up coming out finding Bigfoot, which made made Bigfoot mainstream. It literally took Bigfoot to the next level. Um, and I, I mean, it's 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 marketing now. So it's 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 cool now. It's cool to, you know, say, hey, you know, um, I believe in uh, Sasquatch. I believe in Bigfoot or I had a Bigfoot sighting. You go back 20 years ago. It wasn't who knows 20 years from now. We It may be cool to say that, you know, you saw alligator man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I doubt so. it, but hey, who might have, who might have said? <laughs> um, and when, when you were writing the book, obviously, did, did you talk to, did you go out and talk to people? Did you actually have interviews with some of the people that have witnessed these sightings? Yeah, well, well, how I did it, because obviously I, I there was no way I was going to be able to like run a business during the week and visit all 50 states. Um, so, you know, my I did a lot of research on Native American lore um, and. And, um, you know, the, the, the popular cryptid from whatever that state that that state was. Um, so where the challenge came was finding because um, uh, I wanted to close every chapter with a, with with a, a, a Sasquatch uh, encounter sighting, uh, what have you. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? Because, again, I can't get to all 50 states. And I didn't want to be that guy who just went online and said, you know, punched in the BFRO and, you know, and then put that in the book and then we called it a day. Um, the whole purpose of the book was to be different from what everybody else was writing in format and, and everything. So I sat there and just brainstormed and I came up with the idea. Sure, I'm still going to use Google. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to each state. And I'm going to use Google Maps. So I pulled up Google Maps, found like a real foresty area, you know, just kind of zoomed in on it, found out what the closest town was to it, um, looked up every mom and pop diner, every mom and pop corner store, every barbershop, and simply just picked up the phone, called them and said, hey, I'm writing a book um, on cryptids. And I heard there's been some Sasquatch and Bigfoot sightings in your area. What can you tell me? And from there, if they didn't know somebody um, that had had one, if they hadn't had one themselves, they knew their cousin's brother's sister had one, and they simply put me in contact with them. And um, so I had multiple conversations with different people from different states, and but I, I would only choose one. And my point in that was um, I, I, I didn't want to say kind of the same stuff in the same yeah. area over over and over again for one and for two the ones that i went with were the ones that the person number one they weren't looking they had no intention number two they didn't believe and number three um even more important um they weren't they weren't uh like they weren't a sasquatch investigator you know they weren't out there doing anything like that um so so those that was really important to me. So the encounters that I went with were people that were hiking, didn't expect to see what they saw, um, were fishing, were driving down the road and something ran across the road. Um, there were short and sweet encounters. I had other individuals that I talked to, like I had this one guy I was talking to and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Bigfoot. I've seen plenty of them. I'm like, really? How many? He's like hundreds. And I'm just like, I click, you know, I just click, you know, hung up the phone. I'm like, 
know, what is what is that? You know, and then there were other individuals that you know they. I mean, the average sighting is like what five seconds if you're lucky. And some people had so much detail that I'm just like, eh, you might have seen something, but there, for you to see all that detail um, in a quick encounter, it just sounds like there was a lot extra kind of thrown in there. Um, the folks that didn't believe didn't have a ton of detail. You know, they were able to say, you know, average height of whatever the figure looked like or whatever. Um those are the ones I went with. Um, and, I must say, that's that's a really interesting way of looking at it, because normally you would think on the face of it, the person that has a lot of detail is the person that clearly did witness it. And the person who's quite vague and can't really give you the, the ins and outs of what they saw is clearly making it up because they, they can't tell you a lot. But it's really interesting that you're looking at it the other way around, actually, that the person with with too much detail almost is fabricating a little bit of it. And the person who with not that much detail probably actually did have that five second encounter. They didn't really know what they were looking at and therefore their story is a bit vague. Right. And, and, and again, you know, I, I'd ask about their background and, you know, their experience with the subject and the people that, that I spoke to, um, or, or let me say it like this, the individuals whose encounters that I put in the book, um, literally had no experience, no background um, in it, just had heard of it, you know, knew about Jack Links, knew about Sasquatch Pizza, you know, knew knew about the show Finding Bigfoot, but never really cared, um, you know, knew about, you know, uh, Monster Quest, but never really cared. Um, and uh, and again, when I say five seconds, that's that's a long time. That's actually uh, that's actually yeah. a long time. And uh, so, I, I mean, some and again, you know, you're talking to these these individuals and like, for instance, one of the um, encounters that really sticks out to me is the last chapter in the book. It was a cattle rancher. And um, you you don't mess with cattle ranchers. You know, th- those the, those 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 guys will knock a tree down with, you know, by, by, you know, punching it and um, to talk to the cattle rancher and he just be like the regular, you know, same tone, normal tone. But then when he started going into what he was, what he had witnessed and what he, he felt he, he had encountered and, and, and actually took a shot at um, he, his voice was cracking, you know, it's like, it was different. Like you, you feel the emotion, um, you feel, the excitement that they felt at the time, but you also feel the emotion and um, you, you know, they, it it left an impression on them and it changed them. And you, you you can get that and you can feel that from talking with them. Um, So, you know, I, I had somebody actually say to me and I don't think they liked my answer, but they said, you know, how come uh, you went you went with those those stories? Like, I get your point, but, you know, why why'd you go with those stories instead of the other ones where, you know, they might sell better, you know, because there's more dramatics there. And I said, well, I said, because it's a nonfiction book, it's, <laughs> it's a nonfiction book, you know, well, and I'm going to go with the reality of the situation. And uh, um, and I've actually had um, some people, you know, tell me that they they love the format of the book and everything. But what they didn't like was they felt like the, some of the encounters were very vague. And I'm like, you know, can you elaborate? Well, you know, they 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 believe they know what they saw. But yeah, to this day, they can't really say 100 percent. And I'm like, OK, 
that's 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 called <laughs> the thing is though by by its very nature for, for, in my opinion anyway this kind of thing is just that you know it, it's 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 a mistake they're mysterious creatures if we knew what they were then they wouldn't be cryptids you know they just they'd be scientifically proven to exist animals so by its very nature it's kind of a bit shady in terms of what they are yeah uh, agreed agreed and um you know it's like i wanted to wanted it to be as real life as possible um and from what i normally hear you know from from you know people that have encountered um so i just you know again i went i went in that direction and not a day has gone by that i regret it you know because just like you know i'm putting i'm putting down here somebody who you know, had an encounter and I'm not discrediting any of the other people who I didn't put in there. But again, um, what really sticks out to me and you get the emotion from are the individuals again, that weren't even looking, didn't even think about it. And now their life's changed. They're questioning what they knew about everything. Yeah. Um, so again, I went with, I went with 50 of those. Well, I went with 49 of those because there was one that I went with or two, so I went with 48. There were two of them that I went with that were actually well-known um, encounters. One was um, in Whitehall, New York. I That's actually where our research area was. So I wanted right. – and that's where I live is in, in, in New York. So I wanted to you know definitely pinpoint that. Um, but th- that's where I also brought in like the legend of uh, you know Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, you know, yeah. You know, so kind of made it personal for myself. And uh, um, so it, it was uh, – um, it was it was fun. It was it was a challenge, like I said, you know, trying to, you know, get all the encounters from 50 states. But at the same time, it wasn't half as hard as I expected it to be. No, no. I mean, the, you, you talk about the vague encounters that some people seem to be for some reason disappointed in. Um, are there any encounters there where the creature that is being spotted has interacted with the person who is watching them? You know, almost so. Uh, I use Bigfoot as an example, but Bigfoot has looked back at them, or Mothman has. You know, uh, you know, is, is that is that an encounter? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was somewhere, you know, um, people, you know, came up, and it wasn't like a road crossing. Like they were walking, they were they were hiking, and they turned and they saw what they saw something kind of you know going back and forth kind of swaying back and forth watching them um and there was another one where there was a gentleman that was fishing and this is the only one that you know when people say you know were there any violent encounters this is the only one that i could say would i would consider to be somewhat violent um there was a gentleman he was fishing and um all of a sudden he heard this like loud smack you know crack noise and uh all this wood kind of started coming wood chips kind of came flying down at him and it bark and in and, and different different stuff and uh, he turned around and he looked and there was like this like ledge up uh, up behind him and he saw this large figure which he he definitely said you know i'm pretty sure i i know what i saw there uh and it had this like big log and it was hitting it up against a tree and when he hit it up against the tree it was breaking apart and that's what was coming down hitting him so he said that the encounter lasted about two minutes, but he said the thing was is he the 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 two minutes consisted of him hearing the the noise, feeling the stuff hitting him, turning around and looking, seeing what he saw, and running away. <laughs> so um, so in reality, he saw it for only seconds when he looked, 
because when he was running, he didn't want to look back. But as he was running, he could continue to hear the log being slammed up against the tree. So that's why, you know, it, it went on for a while, um, but he didn't see it for two minutes. And was this a Bigfoot type creature? I'm guessing. He, yeah, he, he was saying that he believed it to be a, a, a Bigfoot. And that's strange because it, it sounds like the, the, the creature was trying to intimidate him maybe, or was trying to, you know, um, impose itself upon him, but mm-hmm. you never really hear about that. Do you, you thought they're always spotted at a distance. So that's quite a rare, a rare occurrence. Yeah, yeah no, it, definitely. And, um, you know, I, I talked to the guy and the more I talked to him, like, you know, at first I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute, you know, cause usually they try not to be seen. Um, but you know, when I talked to him, you know, I was, kind of getting that same emotion and that same um excited anxiety that i was getting from a lot of people um that so i'm just like okay maybe this is one of those rare occasions you know where there was a reason you know i i don't know you know somebody you know i've talked to a couple people about it and they've said to me well you know who knows maybe it was uh a a mom and it's 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 i was gonna say that yeah yeah. yeah. So it could have been something like that and trying to scare them off, you know, acting territorial. Um, but um, other than that, I mean, that was that was it. I mean, you know, I you know, there were other individuals I, I'd spoken about how, you know, they were, you know, trying to break down their door to get into their house and this and that. And I'm just like, OK, I, I all right, that's not, you know, what I'm, I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so um, but so that I would say would probably be the most um uh violent encounter you know that i'd come across and where it wasn't looking to get away yeah you know it was like it was standing its ground right okay and for me one of my most well probably my favorite cryptid outside of bigfoot of course uh is mothman i've always been fascinated with the idea of mothman i mean remember that film um uh, was it Richard Gear? Was it Mothman Prophecies? Yeah, the Mothman yeah. Prophecies. Yeah. Um, and who was the guy that wrote books about Mothman? Um, is it Keel? Am I making that up? Something. Mm. Uh, I might be completely fabricating that. I'll have to have a look. Um, but I'm sure somebody wrote some books about Mothman. Oh, oh yeah. Um, do you, have you come across anything like that? Because I'd love to kind of hear about those stories. Um, I I haven't personally. Uh, I mean, I've um, West Virginia. Um, Point Pleasant, and for when I covered that that area, the Mothman was what I talked about in the book. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of the people that I've talked to, um, you know, it's funny because you know you're automatically thinking, you know, a man with moth wings, which I think I think is cool. But you know, the other thing with it is, some people I've talked to have had you know different theories about it. Um, for instance, uh. Like, you know, some people have said that they believe it was a demon. Right, okay. Um, other people um, have said that they believe it was um, a, a human being that was that was possessed. Um, others have said that they believe it was extraterrestrial. Um, some say it was a misidentification. It was a huge, huge owl. Um, so there's all these, you know, different theories. So, you know, when you think about it... Um, like, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, believe that, you know, the Mothman sitting on top of the bridge is, you know, was was made it collapse. The theory that I kind of go on there is it, it, what a lot of people say is that Mothman shows up before a disaster. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, tend to believe that, you know, 
because of the Mothman, the bridge collapsed. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, the, the, the theory and the, the, the story behind it is that when you see the Mothman, um, it means that disaster is 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 pretty much going to yeah. happen in one yeah. way, uh, one form or another. Um, and that's kind of why some people have kind of gone on saying that they, they think it was potentially, you know, a, de- a, a demon or something, something possessed, something, something evil. Um, but again, there's a lot of people that say that they, they believe it was a, it was a huge owl and that's what folks saw. Um, but so I just, you know, we'll, and you, we'll, we'll see. I find it fascinating how you've, what you spoke of there with the linking it to demons and, 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 you know, a man possessed. Um, have you come across, cause I, the research I've done into Bigfoot and, and it's crossed quite regularly into UFOs mm-hmm. and a lot of people yeah. often encounter UFOs in the same area at the same time that they encounter Bigfoot. Did you come across any of that? Did you come across any more like kind of the paranormal field crossing with each other in some of your experiences? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's constantly, um, uh, you know, it's, it's constantly brought up. There's, and you know, right now, um, you know, in the community, I would say that, you know, there's that hard line drawn in the sand, you know, you're either, um, say, you know, on the, um, their, their ghost, their spirit, their extraterrestrial side, or you're on the flesh and blood side. Um, I'm more on the flesh and blood side, but I also don't draw a line in the sand because when you draw a line in the sand, in my opinion, that just, that stops conversation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I come across that all the time. I've, I've talked to people all the time that believe that, and you know, and they've, they've got some, they've got some good reasoning for it. Um, you know, um, you know, some, some people have, have said, well, why can't something, why can't a Sasquatch be walking the earth but there also be something extraterrestrial that resembles one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, it's sure. Um, you know, in, in the crazy thing about this subject is the more you look into it, the more questions you have, yeah. the more you yeah. walk away, like you, you, you'll never be, you'll never get the answer you're looking for. Um, but, but I do, there's a lot of people that, that believe there's um, a correlation between uh, extraterrestrials and, and Sasquatch. Um, some other, you know, some say that they are extraterrestrial and that they're aliens. Others, others believe that they're drawn to the energy of um, a, 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 a space shuttle type of um, um, energy that, that would throw off. Okay. And that's why they're drawn to that, because they're animals and they're drawn to certain energies. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, some some people just just say that, um, no, nope, they are 100 percent. They're they're aliens. And, you know, somebody even said this to me one time. And it made me think they're like, why do you think Chewbacca was in the Star Wars movies? <laughs> and it made me think for a second. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I never really even put that together. But, um, so, but, but yeah, we come across that we, a, a lot, a lot. Okay. And do you, do you ever, um, I've been thinking about UFOs there, what we were talking about, but there's obviously around UFOs, there's always a huge government cover up and, mm-hmm. you know, the government know about it, but they, they, they keep it a secret. Do you think that can apply to, to creatures like Bigfoot? Do you think the government are aware of it and, and they they are keeping it a secret? Well, I would say, I'd say probably nowadays, like if you asked me a year and a half ago, two years ago, I'd say no. But now, you know, since, um, 
you know, the, the, the U.S. government has come out and talked about, you know, um, UFOs yep. recently in the last year or so um, and saying that they do exist and that there are things that, you know, we don't necessarily know that hasn't been brought to the public's attention. Um, I'd say, I'd say yes. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's funny, um, because I always say this, um, you know, for the longest time, we've always wanted to know what the government knows about UFOs. And then they wait till a pandemic and they say, Oh, by the way, UFOs exist. <laughs> oh, but Corona, you're going to die. And then that's it. Yeah. We spoke so, of this last time, didn't we? I think uh, we, we did. I think we, I, we, I, we found it amazing how, they, they were literally drip feeding kind of, you know, oh, by the way, UFOs are real. Um, but no one's looking over there because they're all too busy fixated on, on COVID and whatever that is. And n- no one's really paying any attention. And, and that way the government can say, well, we did tell you. And people yeah. say, yeah, but we didn't really notice it, you know, and that's fascinating. And do, do you think if they are covering up uh, cryptids, what are they getting out of it? What are they getting out of that? Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've had some uh, folks that um, I've asked that question to. I'm like, well, why would they do it? What, what would be the point of it? Why why say okay, this exists, but th- this doesn't? You know, some people have said that. Um, you know, they're because they're it's it's like a man, like a big powerful man that it was you know government genetically you know put together and 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 you know and, and then it escaped and you know di- different things like that. So I don't necessarily know why. Um, um, it would be other than the fact that maybe maybe they are aliens, you know, again, you know, kind of coming back to that. But then at the same time, you know, by saying that, that just kind of gives me a reason to stop thinking about it because, OK, well, now it makes sense, you know, so yeah. um, or, or say, you know, well, you know, it's like saying Sasquatch, you know, they're they're ghosts. OK, well, now it makes sense. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's just like, OK, well, I can't look any further than that. So that must be what it is. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think when when, it, when you talk about how, you know, the, the people will link it to ghosts and they link it to, to UFOs, I think that's where I am. If I had to put my kind of uh, two pence down, I, I would probably say that they are all one and the same in terms of paranormal phenomena. And I know, you're, you're as you say, you're slightly more on the, the flesh and blood side, and, 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 and that's fine. I think, as and, and what I love about what you said was, you're not going to draw a line in the sand because the second that you do, it prevents further research. Because what you're saying there is, I know what it is. And once you say that, there's no need to research anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just, don't write another book, you know, kind of put your pen right. down, job's done, you can retire. So I think it's all, you have to keep that open mind, don't you? You have to mm-hmm. constantly be thinking about what it could be and going where the evidence takes you as well is quite important. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing is that I always tell people, I'm like, look, I don't 100%, I can't 100% sit here and say, you know what, Sasquatch exists. I can't. But what I can say is that there's enough evidence to suggest that there is something going on in the woods. Um, people have seen, seen, you know, something that they can't explain. And these aren't just, you know, just like your regular, you know, um, people. There's people, you know, they're police officers, you know, they're mayors, they're governors. You know, people have actually said that, hey, I saw something. Um, so you have to believe you can't believe that everybody you can't think that everybody is lying. You know, are there some people in there? Out of the out of ten people that are lying, sure, absolutely, but not everybody. There's no yeah. there, there's no reason for it. Yeah, and it was probably a question I probably should have asked you at the start, really. But um, your uh, your passion for this has it ever led you to to have your own experience? Um, you know, I, I always say it like this: I've had experiences, yes, 
But when it comes to actually visually putting my eyes on something, I am late to the party every single time. <laughs> I am that guy that shows up after the fact every single time. <laughs> but I will say um, the group that I'm with, the New York Bigfoot Society, um, the – um, the founder of the group, his name's Gary, um, awesome guy, phenomenal guy. He's been doing, you know, like paranormal investigation for like 26, 27 years, um, Sasquatch investigation for about 14 years. And he's a, um, an outdoorsman, you know, he, he's that guy that hikes 12 miles out into the middle of the forest just to turn around and walk back. Yeah. Um, he's the guy, if somebody gets lost in the woods, you send Gary out there and he'll come back with Jimmy Hoffa, you know, with him too, you know? <laughs> so, um, he's, he's very much. Much, um, you know, he's very level-headed, though. Like he, his education and background is animal behavior. Um, he ran a uh, humane society for a while. So like he knows every track from the next track, he knows what every, every, everything is. He's just studied it. He's very, very smart. Um, and, um, he's the first guy that will be able to find why something happened and what it was logical explanation for it. And I've learned so much from him. Um, it was back in January, maybe the second or third week of January. I'm sitting in here in my office, you know, at work, you know, where I am right now. Um, and he sends me a, a message saying, I just saw Bigfoot. Now I stopped everything I was doing, everything <laughs> yeah. I was doing because Gary doesn't do that. Sure. Um, he was over three miles, around three miles, maybe four miles out into the Adirondacks. And he was just out there walking. He, he was, he was looking at, you know, prints, you know, not, not looking for Bigfoot prints, just looking to see what the animals, you know, that were going through that area were, you know, and um, he, kind of had this weird feeling and he looked up and there was this like ledge area up in front of him. And he's like, there was a Bigfoot standing there. He's wow. like, there was a Bigfoot standing there. He goes, and, and again, this is the guy that would be able to say, no, it was, it was a bear. He like, he, he, he knows exactly what everything is. And he's like, this was a Bigfoot. I've got no other explanation. Um, and it's it's changed him too because you know he it's not that he didn't believe in them before but you know it's just like okay you know for i think to a degree with everybody seeing is believing yeah um and um for gary to take that step and say that i mean that's 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 huge i mean it, you know because he usually can know exactly what it is he's a hunter as well um so he knows you know what, what's out there he so he took out his his phone um it was a quick encounter he was able to snap a picture it was far far away so of course when you do too much it, it, it pixelates yeah. Yeah. um but he did the he did the right thing he did what most people don't ever do immediately after it walked away or ran away i mean again it was only seconds um he took a picture of it not there yeah, yeah. Where you don't normally see that to show, so you could see that there was something there. Um, okay. And he said, with the phone, he, he said it was, you know, um, the picture on the phone. He said it was just, he goes, it's just, it's a horrible picture. He said, but he goes, it, it, I could, I, I could see its face enough, and I could see its body enough to know what it was, and to see it walk away, to know that it wasn't anything that should have been there. Um, and then it got a little bit weirder after that because. He turns around and there's two forest rangers coming up behind him. Normally, forest rangers, they come up and they start saying, hey, what are you doing out here? Yeah. Start questioning you. They want to look at this. They want to look at that. They want to know what you're carrying in your bag. 
Um, apparently, they didn't do that. Apparently, they came up to him and they were talking to him, but not in their usual way of doing things. And they were very standoffish. Right. Um, so he, we're like, well, that's really weird, you know. And he he knows forest rangers and you know different things. He didn't didn't know who these guys were. Um, and again, you're talking three miles out in the middle of nowhere, two yeah. of them. And what did he just see a few minutes prior? Yeah. So for him, that even validated what he saw because he's like, you know, they didn't say anything, but you know, we're under the belief that um, they were probably tracking whatever he just saw. Well, what I was going to say, the first thing that came to my mind was the Bigfoot version of Men in Black. You know, yeah. so you've had a sighting right. and now you've got two kind of rangers coming up to you just to make sure you're not going to talk about that, are you? Yeah. Um, did he get that impression or? Um, he, 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 the impression he got is that there was something that they were doing. Yeah. That they couldn't tell him about. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because again, usually they they find it and they go up one side of you and down the other. Yeah. You know, because it's their job to protect the protect the forest and the animals in it. You can get that. <laughs> so it, you know, it was kind of you know the the other way around. So you know they they talked with him, but then that was it, and then it was done. And the photo did uh, is that publicly available for people to see or? Um, I don't know if he has it up on the the website. Um. I know I've, I've, I've personally obviously seen it. Um, I don't know if he has it up there because um, he talks about it, but um, I, I guess I, I would have to go to our um, New York Bigfoot Society page and look and see if he's got it. Well, up. That's fine. I, I'll, I'll put a link of that anyway beneath the, the podcast. So anyone that wants to go and have a look at it, just out of curiosity, if it's there, that, that, that would be great. Yeah. Um, do you, do you have your uh, you talk about the experiences that you, that you had? I assume that would be you've heard things like knocking, what they call the knocking sounds and yes. the howling sounds and stuff. Is is that are they the kind of experiences that you've had? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess one of the experiences I had when I first started with the group, um, one of the theories we have is you know they they talk about you know um, tree knocks and it's a form of communication. Um, uh, that's the theory behind it. Um, in you know, for me, I, I always struggled with it because every time, you know, you would hear like a knockback or something like that, it always sounded exactly the same. Yeah. But yet every time somebody picks up a stick, depending on depth, if it's rotted, this and that, it never sounds the same, never, ever sounds the same. So we kind of went out and just kind of practiced the theory, you know, because, uh, again, we're more on the flesh and blood side. So yeah. we're thinking, OK, primates, you know, um, they they clack rocks together. You know, they, they throw rocks. They do different things like that. So we said, well, what if what if they're not using sticks? What if they're using rocks? So we went out and we tested the theory. And um, every single time we took a rock and we threw it at a tree, like we, we at first we didn't expect it to really make a whole lot of sound. Um, but when we did it, it actually made a lot more sound. It carried a lot further than we thought. And it sounded it had that same exact snap noise, that same yeah. exact um, crack noise that, that, that you hear. Um, so me and another um, uh, person in the group, we were out um, walking. We were probably about five, six hundred yards away in that general general uh, length from uh, where our base camp was. We could see Gary down at base camp with our tech guy because we had a fire going. Um, and 
Gary's like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm going to try it, you know, and, and see what we get. Because what we do is we put digital recorders all through the woods and through our research area. Um, primarily, Gary primarily does it with, with um, um, trail cams as well to study, you know, the animals that are coming through the area and the activity in the area. Um, but we had recorders up, so Gary did it. You know, he, he hit the tree. We heard it. We actually, we could see him, you know, in the distance. We could see him doing it. Um, and then about 45 seconds later, we heard the same exact sound uh, come back. Um, we could see Gary. We could see Luke. So we knew that they hadn't done anything. Um, and, you know, after he did it, he radioed us and said, okay, it's done. And we knew he, we, it yeah. was done because we, we could see him. And, yeah, for about 45 seconds later. And the beauty of it was one of the digital recorders picked it up. So you can hear it clear as day. Yeah. Um, so that that was awesome. And we're not saying it was Bigfoot related. We're just saying that it falls under the umbrella of this is what you know folks have said over the years that um, this is a, a a form of communication with them. You know, a couple things we did was like like one, we took in consideration the environment. Okay, so is the wind blowing at all? You know, well, not where we are. Is it blowing up higher? So, you know, we look up, you know, to see if the top of the trees are swaying, because obviously, you know, if it's swaying, the tree could make a crack noise that kind of sounds like that. No wind, nothing. Um, it's about two o'clock in the morning, one, two o'clock in the morning, out in the middle of the Adirondacks, um, you know, dark out, um, no, nobody out there, um, no reason for that to have happened. So, again, we're not saying that it was Sasquatch related, but it falls under that umbrella. So um, so that was a very cool experience. And again, to have, you know, to listen back on the recorder and actually hear it was 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 phenomenal because nine times out of 10, you hear something. It, the recorders don't pick it up. No, it just yeah. misses it. Um, but but we got that. Um We've had, you know, we've had some weird experiences where you, you can hear something walking in the distance. Um, we played some uh, Native American uh, drumming and chanting out in the area, oh, which, was interesting. Awesome, which was awesome because um, if you've never done that in the middle of the woods at night, it is awesome. The echo and just and I was about 50 yards away, you know, because, you know, some it was something was going to hear it and be drawn to it. I wanted to see it, you know, yeah, cool. Um so it's like pitch dark and then I'm sitting there and again, I'm all by myself because, you know, the others are up, up, um, by the laptop with the speak, the, the big speaker. And, uh, it was just a cool experience to sit there and hear that in the distance. But when we got done, um, playing it, you know, nothing had happened. And then, um, at some one point you could actually hear something in the distance kind of walking. Um, now again, I'm not saying it's, it was a Bigfoot or anything like that it could have been an animal. We couldn't see anything. Um, and the two, um, Gary and, um, Leanne who, uh, was, was out with me. Um, they were like, it sounds, it doesn't sound like it's on all fours. It sounds bipedal. Yeah. Um, me, I'm tone deaf. You know, I've been, I played in bands for years, so I, I can't hear that. So I can just hear something moving, but some yeah. people are like, you know, I can hear this. And, and, you know, with Gary saying it, again, you know, just knowing every animal from this animal and, you know, he, they're saying that it, it's the walking sounded bipedal based off of blah, 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 and blah. We didn't see anything. Um, but again, it was an experience of what was there. Why didn't, why didn't a thermal pick it up? You know, we, you know, we don't know. Um, so that night after we, we wrapped up 
we're walking back to the cars. We get back to um, finally get to the cars. And um, I, I look back over my shoulder and I see this light sitting out there. I'm like, what is that? That's weird. Um, so I pointed it out to Gary and he's looking at it and um, we, we don't know what it was. We, we know, we know the areas we know that, you know, it wasn't produced by any swamp gases yeah. or anything yeah. like that. You know, there's nobody out there. There was no campers out there. If it was somebody with a flashlight, you know, obviously it would be moving around. It was just there. And if you walked closer, it kind of got dimmer. So if it was a light, obviously it's going to get brighter as yeah. you get closer yeah. to it. Um, it would, it would dim itself. It didn't move, but it would dim itself. Um, Wow. And uh, so that was, you know, we kind of called that the, the Adirondack lights because it's the Adirondacks that we search in. You're almost crossing into that, that realm of paranormal there, I know. aren't you? I know. Uh, you know, what we spoke of earlier. That, that's uh, that's brilliant. I mean, we'll we'll just look at kind of rounding it off now. You, your, your book is obviously for sale. It's doing fantastically well, which I'm, I'm really pleased to hear. Where can the listeners go to, to buy that book? Sure. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the most popular place is Amazon. Um, you can go on Amazon right now. Um, it, it hit, uh, as a number one bestseller on Amazon. Um, so that was, I was really pleased with that. I didn't expect, I expected it to sell, but again, you know, to hit number one and be a bestseller, um, blew my mind. So again, you know, anybody who's purchased it, thank you so much for the support. So you can go on Amazon and get it. You know, you can um, it's going to uh, shortly be available as a few different um, uh, brook and mortar um, uh, locations. You know, it'll, it'll it won't be at a lot of them, just a certain yeah. select few. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to me um, directly. Um, you can go to my website, kwirish.com. You can go to um, the cryptopunkologist.com. It'll bring you to the same uh, same website. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. Look me up, Kenny W. Irish, uh, the Cryptopunkologist. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, just reach out. And um, I've got some books now with me. Um, so I can send uh, autographed books as well if you want that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be at a few different events um, this year too. Um, next month in May, I'm going to be in um, Tennessee. So if anybody's out in the Tennessee area, I'm going to be at the uh, uh, Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. I'm going to be there. Um, I'm going to be one of the speakers alongside um, Ron Moorhead and Cliff Brackman from Finding Bigfoot. Um, in August, I'm going to be in Port Henry, New York at the Lake Champlain uh, Champ uh, Monster Festival. I'm going to be there with uh, Paul Bartholomew and a couple other uh, filmmakers. Um, correct in, um, I believe, Alexandra, I think is his name. Um, we're going to be there at the, what they call the Crypto Cave uh, meet and greet. Um, and then in September, I'm going to be in Whitehall, New York, which is the epicenter of Bigfoot sightings on the East Coast uh, in the U.S., uh, I'm going to be there with Paul Bartholomew. I'm going to be speaking at that one. Uh, October, I'm going to be Fort Wayne, Indiana. So if anybody's in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, I'm going to be at um, uh, the Dead Con. Uh, I'll be there signing books and uh, meeting and greeting. And, and that's a big, big conference. I mean, there's going to be people there. There's paranormal people who are going to be there, um, cryptozoologists, um, actors um, like Kane Hodder, who plays Jason Voorhees. There's going to be three guys there that play Jason Voorhees. Um, there's going to be guys there that have played Leatherface. Um, so it's wow. going to be a fantastic, fantastic conference. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And then um, 
in November, I'm going to be in Lexington, Kentucky um, at the Crypticon. Um, uh, I'll be speaking at that as well. Uh, Cliff Brackman will be there and the whole actual crew of Finding Bigfoot. Matt Moneymaker is going to be there. Bobo is going to be there. Uh, Renee is going to be there. So, uh, again, if you guys are in any of those areas, please, you know, um, come over and say hi to me. You know, I, I'd love to meet you and, uh, you know, get to know you and, um, you know, start following each other on social media. Great. It sounds, it, unfortunately, I won't be making any of those living yeah, in the UK. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and I hope that they I'll go ahead. I'll FaceTime you. Uh, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> I, I, um, I hope they go ahead and you don't get hit with more restrictions. Um, and hopefully the, there is a cryptid conference in the UK that maybe one day you can come across to and, um, and we can hook up there. That, that, that would sure. be good. I'll, um, I'll be sure to put all the links to your, to your sites and to your book beneath the podcast so the listeners can access it easier as always. Um, and that just leaves me to, to say thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I hope we can get you back on again for the future. Um, maybe if you write book number two. Oh yeah. No, no, I've, uh, there's, there's a follow-up already, already in progress. Brilliant. So, um, and, uh, it, I'm going to throw it out there too. So obviously I'm not going to cover all 50 States again, Yeah. but so look at how many countries are out there. So yeah. it's going to be more of an international, uh, um, coverage. So I'm pr- pretty excited about it. So great. Well, there's, there's an area around by us called Canic Chase and there's supposedly a Bigfoot that, that lives there. So when you get to the nice. UK, let me know and I'll, uh, I can point you in the right direction for that. Um, will. brilliant. Well, thank you, Kenny. Thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. So that was the interview there with Kenny. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Some of the stories he told there are, I found fascinating, particularly ones towards the end um, with the, the experiences that he had personally with the um, the knocking and that ball of light as well, which which for me certainly does um, transpose between the, um, the Bigfoot phenomena and the paranormal phenomena as well, which we did touch on a little bit there in the interview. Um, I really do like Kenny's approach. I, I like, you know, that one comment he made with the the drawing of the line in the sand, and, and you can't do that. And I, I, I really, really agree with that, because it goes for the same in any kind of research you do. It doesn't have to be paranormal or cryptids. Um, but really, the second you do that, you're really kind of, you know, putting it in stone, so to speak, that you know what is going on, and, and, and therefore you don't have to investigate any further. There's no need to research because the, the line has been drawn and, and that's it. We can't consider anything else. And I think that's wrong, you know, and, and clearly so does Kenny. And you have to keep that open mind and you have to, you know, go where the evidence takes you, as I say so many times. Um, if the evidence takes you to a particular place that that kind of neglects or negates the theory that you've been working on, well, then so be it. You know, you, you have to change the theory to fit the evidence. You can't change the evidence to fit your theory, unfortunately. And there are a lot of people out there that, that do work to that method. And it's not something I certainly agree with. Um, but yeah, as I say, um, thank, uh, thanks to Kenny for coming on. He, he was working at the time. Um, so he, he took time out of his, his day. There's a five hour difference between, between us where we were. So uh, really grateful for him taking time out of his working day to come on to the interview. And we will get him on for a, for another show, no doubt, in the future. Um, it seems like he's got ideas on, on the next book, so it would be really good to get him on to talk about that. Um, but yeah, don't forget, guys, about I mentioned it in the intro again. Don't forget about the competition. Just drop me an email and I will reply with your number and that will be your raffle ticket to win a signed copy of my new book um you've really as i say you've really got nothing to lose you're just sending an email 
and you could win a, you could win a free book. So uh, until next time, guys, take care.